1: We are hunters, anglers, riders,
2: and sometimes chefs. Our passion for the outdoor lifestyle motivated the foundation of Harvesting Nature, which serves as a media outlet built to inspire and educate
1: the outdoor expert and novice alike. Our podcast focuses on the technical side of cooking wild fish and game, while also incorporating adventures
2: and lessons learned from our pursuit of wild meat. Join us on our journey of harvesting nature.
1: Hello everybody, this is Corey. I'm your host today for the Harvesting Nature Wild Fish and Game podcast. Today is a special edition uh, coming to you from my living room in front of the nice and toasty fire Uh with us today is my good friend and first-time deer hunter, J.C. Hey, everybody! It's good to be on. Uh, we spent the weekend hunting for deer and squirrels uh, in Pennsylvania. We're in northwest Pennsylvania. This weekend, uh, this weekend opened the early season muzzleloader. Uh, and the early season, or the muzzleloader season for bear. So we were, were out, JC was had his bow, he was looking for deer, and I had both my bow and my muzzleloader looking for bear, or deer, or buck, anything that walked in front of me. Um, so we wanted to talk to you about um, JC's first experience uh, bow hunting. We went out. We were out two days, morning and evening each day, and then and midday for both days. We went out for squirrel. Unfortunately, we didn't harvest anything, uh, but that's not that's not bad. But I think JC learned a lot this weekend. Uh, so we'll talk about each of the hunts. Just kind of do a recap of our weekend. Uh, get JC's take as a new hunter and what he feels he learned. What he, what do you do differently, and, and his overall experience. So we went out Friday morning, which was the the day prior to the opening of the muzzleloader and uh, bear season. So we were only we we're only bows, and we went behind my house, and I think it was it was not the best day for a new archery hunter to be out archery hunting as it was pouring down rain as we no, were No, make- no,
2: no, it, it, it started okay. And then soon
1: as Corey walked away to go set up, it poured down rain. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was, it was not ideal conditions for a new archery hunter. It was wet and cold. I think at one point it was freezing rain. Yeah. Um, but I think J C had an exciting morning. Yeah,
2: actually, like Corey said, it wasn't ideal conditions. Like in my head, I pictured nice, crisp autumn morning, sun coming up, and everything, and looking re- actually really nice out. Unfortunately, once the light came up, it was gray, and like I said, as soon as like Corey showed me where the stand was and started to walk off. It literally just started pouring. Um, but one thing that I it probably helped me was it masked a lot of sound that I was probably making not knowing that I was making it. And I think that maybe even helped us going in because looking back on y- yesterday evening and both the morning and afternoon today, it was loud walking in. Yeah, and it was, was dry. A quieter I think walking in because oh, yeah, definitely. everything was wet and mushy
1: definitely Um. so I spent a lot of time this July and August scouting and setting stands and moving stands uh, and prep for JC coming up this weekend what I ne- neglected to do Was find a spot in the general vicinity where he was hunting for myself. So Friday morning, uh, I got him up. We got up into the stand. I got him up into the stand. Went back down the trail. I knew I wanted to be on the trail, you know, just off the trail, because I think the deer use that trail quite a bit.
2: Yeah, that's where I hunted again tonight. And it walking up because it was daylight this time, there were tracks
1: all through that trail. Yeah. Knowing that, because I, I've, I've noticed that every time when I'm up, up through there, it's like, okay, I want to be able to see that trail so I can shoot something that's coming down that trail. So I walked down the trail a ways. What I th- thought was far enough away from JC that I wouldn't interfere with his hunt. And I, you know, went off the trail, 10 yards and it it was the perfect spot but it was the worst spot <laughs> cuz when that freezing rain came through like i put my head i i have a little um uh like blind it's it's from allen company it, it has like 10 stakes it's not a pop up blind where I mean, you sit in it. It's just about like a. like two feet high or something. Yeah, it's right? like two feet high and it just kind of shields you, uh, your view or the animal's view from you. But when you sit on the ground, your head still kind of sticks above it. So I, I got that set up and I sat down on the ground and, uh, you know, it was just starting to get light and then that freezing rain came. And so I put my head down. So, you know, trying to stay warm, trying to keep the the rain from, you know, hitting me in the face
2: or down the back of your neck. Yeah,
1: I I put my hood up so it wouldn't go down the back of my neck.
2: I didn't I had my hood down the entire time. <laughs> and I also didn't have a rain jacket or anything on. I was just in in wool.
1: <laughs> but it, like when that freezing rain stopped, I lifted my head up and I looked to my left. And they're staring at me like fifteen yards away is is a deer, and it was it was, the other bad part about that spot was it was pretty thick, so I I don't know if it was a buck or a doe, um, but it was by itself. And as soon as I made eye contact with it, it just ran ran back the way it was. So it was a perfect spot, and that deer went right there. What what time
2: was it when that happened?
1: It was still early, like that might have been around eight. It was before 8 I think. Okay. So yeah, like it was perfect spot cuz that's where the deer were, <laughs> but it was the worst spot because that was right where <laughs> right where the deer were. But I think you had a little more exciting morning yeah. than I did.
2: Yeah, I mean cuz I was so wet, it was super exciting cuz I was like I like I wanted to stay out long. And like make make sure that I got like that morning hunt in, but like at the same time I was like, this is cold, this is like wet, and I couldn't stay dry. But then like, the rain sort of let up a little bit. It got a little bit brighter out, and about seven fifty in the morning, all of a sudden this doe just comes like crashing through the woods, stops probably about twenty between 20 and 30 yards in front of me well actually behind me but i had turned around in the stand because cory had told me when we first set up that the deer would be coming down the mountain or down the hill so i made sure that i was sort of looking in that direction so i was standing at this point but standing looking like with the tree to my face basically and sort of peering around it this doe comes crashing in sort of stops and then runs out to my right stops looks around maybe it saw me i don't know but it took off into the trees off to my off to my left probably about i don't know it it seemed like it was forever but if i looked at my watch it wasn't even eight o'clock yet so that 10 minutes hadn't even, even gone by um i just decided to peer around the tree that was in front of me and i what i thought was a huge buck but I counted probably seven, probably seven, eight point and, um, nice looking buck. And it was right there in front of me, probably out to 20 yards, but there was a lot of tree cover and it, I think I popped my head around too quick and it looked at me and I just froze and then it sort of went back to what it was doing. It looked away and I ducked behind the tree I thought it was going to keep coming right, so I sort of set up for it to come right. It came left, and then it went behind a tree with a whole bunch of leaves on it. So I, at that point, I was able to draw back and then sort of get sighted in on it, and it kept moving, and it didn't stop. But it was like at one point, it was completely broadside, but it wouldn't stop moving, and I didn't feel comfortable shooting at something that was moving. I think that was um, a wise decision. Yeah.
1: Did, did you make a noise to try to get it to stop? Yeah,
2: I did. Um, I sat there and went, but it didn't, it like, it almost didn't phase it. It, I think it was on the scent of that dough and it was just so messed up trying to follow that dough. That it didn't really care. Um, but it kept moving and then started to quarter away from me. And afterwards, I was telling Corey about this. He's like, that's a really good shot if you can place it where you need to. And I hadn't really thought about it, but I was like, oh, it's quartering away. I'll never be able to hit it because it's a smaller target. So it kept going off to the left, and then it got on the center of that doe, and then it was gone. And so I let down, and through that entire thing, I was really calm until I let down and hung up my bow. I started shaking so bad that, like, I thought I was going to shake myself out of the stand. So like I had to sit down. Yeah, it it was, it was, it was really fun. It was a good morning. But by that time, like it it was only eight o'clock. That whole thing happened within a span of 10 minutes. And then I didn't see anything until.
1: Until that evening. (laughs) Yeah, I think we got out of the woods early. Yeah, it was cold. Yeah, and it was, it was wet. wet and cold, and so like came home.
2: Since we didn't have breakfast, Corey whipped up
1: some scrambled eggs and um, uh, squirrel squirrel chili. You yeah, squirrel chili. That yeah. the squirrel chili is on the harvesting web uh, nature website. Uh, I had. Some leftover from when I originally made it, so I froze it in preparation for this weekend. But I just scrambled some eggs and then uh, threw the chili on top. Yeah, some
2: good chili. I guess you had some stuff in from your garden too, right? Peppers.
1: Yeah, the uh, sweet peppers, tomatoes. I have a couple cayenne peppers in there are, are from my garden I'm trying to think if there's anything else I think that's the majority of it then we tried a new spot a spot that I had never hunted before but I had scouted this summer and I felt pretty confident it seemed to be close to bedding you could get to this stand pretty easily without making too much noise because it's on a path like an old old um, logging path or something that you can follow in basically right to where you need to be so I was pretty pretty confident about that spot that you would at least you would at least seen something. See something
2: and I did as soon as I got to the top of the stand and put my bow down to put the bow hanger in all of a sudden I hear this buck snorting or well, I don't know if it was a buck but it was a deer and I saw movement and I was like oh you got to be kidding me it it got me already but it, again it was too too far away and too much brush. And that
1: was the only deer I saw that night. I I saw one deer. I was set up on the ground. Um, and again, using the, the Allen, you know, quick blind. Um, And I anticipated the deer I set up. So I was facing the way that I thought the deer would come. And it was, I figured they would come out of this thick stuff and head kind of towards the field. And I was in a little bit of an opening between the thick stuff and the field. And I thought, okay, I'll catch them coming through the edge there in this little transition zone. And I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I hear something right off to my right and 10 yards off to my right, there's this, this buck walks through and it's, it was a, a young buck it was a year and a half you could have basket rack six points and uh where we're, we're, we're hunting it has to be three up so you can't count the brow time so it's have, have three points on a side not counting the brow tine. so it wasn't a legal buck so i i watched it it was so close i could see the tick on its muzzle a it, it was in gorge so it was big but it was that close it it walked next to me, paralleled me for a little bit, ten, not maybe not even ten yards away, and then it got to the trail that I walked up to get to where I was sitting. And it, at that point, it knew something was was off. It kind of looked in my direction, but I had I had um, kind of hidden myself enough where it didn't have a good sight line of me. But it just knew something was there. You know, not, something wasn't right, you know, so it, it bounded off down, you know, another 30 yards down through the woods and then walked away. But then I didn't see anything the rest of the night. I think we spooked something going, coming out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But we saw a lot of, well, I saw a lot of squirrels more than we saw
1: when we went hunting in the midday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, we finished up our morning hunt, came back, had breakfast and then grabbed the 20 gauges we each carried 20 gauge and we went up up the road try to get some squirrels i saw one well saw one on that first strip of woods i missed of course and then we hit another area we saw that one which like
2: probably probably should have done that going into that first area just sat and scoped it out instead of yeah. moving through it so quickly.
1: Yeah, we tried, we tried to do the still hunting, see if we could kind of bump something up and then try to sneak up on it, but uh, that didn't work. And then we went to another spot where I had, I've had i gotten several squirrels this year with the kids. and We sat for like 10 minutes or something. Yeah, like and we, and saw, then we yeah. saw that one up in the tree, and
2: I went up to go get it and by the time i got under us i actually saw where it was and like there i only saw its tail and if i were to take a shot i i would have shot the branch right underneath
1: it yeah it it probably would have been fine belly down on the branch knew we were there so we so i think it was the eye shot and then i i I shot because i figured my shot wouldn't hit it yeah and you could get it when it moved but that didn't work no Then we chased after, well, you chased after a couple more that we, that we saw, but no luck. And then this morning it was cold. It was cold this morning.
2: Yeah. It was really nice putting on cold boots and cold clothes that we left outside. Yeah.
1: leave them outside so it doesn't get sense of the house. But yeah, it was, I think it was like 20 in the twenties. Wait, was it? Yeah. It was like 28.
2: It was cold this morning. Did not know that. Yeah, well, I guess that explains the frost. It hadn't <laughs> been below freezing. <laughs> yeah. It was cold. Yeah. Um. Well, what it, did we have for dinner last night?
1: Oh, yes. So, was it last weekend? I went duck hunting with another friend, and I am a novice duck hunter. I think that's pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> uh but. We were out in the morning, it was the opening day of duck season, and we miss, I think we each nearly went through a box of shells <laughs> and came back with one merganser. And what happened with that is, so we're set up on this stream that the ducks fly up and down. There's a, a big swamp at the top end of the stream, and then it flows into a bigger river. So I, For whatever, you know, they're, they're always flying up and down. Up and down the stream. But we were set up on the edge. So all of our shots were passing. When the ducks were flying as fast as they can go. And so the, it was it was tough shooting. There was... We were getting near the... Where we were getting about ready to leave. And a group came through. And we thought we might have uh, winged one. Because they, they landed you know, a hundred yards downstream from us. So I crossed the stream and walked down that way. And I thought, well, if I, if one's, even if it's not wounded, hopefully I can jump them and and scare them back up to where my friend Jeremy was sitting. And that's exactly what happened. They, they all flew up. None of them were winged. None of them were injured and they went right past them. And he shot three times and he missed three times. <laughs> which was pretty much par for the course for the day. Uh, so I made my way back up and I was crossing the stream and there was guys right above us hunting, you know, hundred, 200 yards upstream from us hunting. And, uh, they started shooting. I'm standing right in the middle of the stream and they started shooting. So I actually have a, I can see the ducks coming. And I actually have a straight on shot. And I'm not a passing shot. So I actually hit that one and, it ended up being a merganser and everything that i've read you know you always i you know see things about mergansers or coots how they taste terrible they're fishy they're trash birds but what i've read is you you can't treat them like a mallard where a mallard has the fat and the skin are are really good on a mallard with a merganser you have to trim all the fat away you have to take the skin off can't leave the skin on so I, I breasted out the bird and i thought why not country fried merganser so that's what we had for last for dinner last night so i pounded it thin with the meat mallet um seasoned it what did i use i think i used tacticalories bosco yeah because all the uh traeger stuff was solid in the can <laughs> yeah <laughs> got some moisture to it. Um, Did flour, egg wash, flour. And then I just got some beef tallow. So I cast iron skillet. I melted down the beef tallow.
2: How many pounds of beef tallow?
1: (laughs) It's eight. It's a gallon. Is that like eight pounds? I don't know. Uh,
2: Well, water is eight pounds per gallon, right?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I forgot that. I learned that in elementary school and haven't used it since. (laughs) But... So I have a lot of beef tallow. I got it off Amazon. Uh, was it next day, Prime? I don't think that it was like two days. Two days.
0: Oh, it's pretty fast.
1: I'm looking to my wife for confirmation. <laughs> two days. But uh, yeah, fried it in that came out in a nice golden brown. Uh, while while I was doing that, uh, you cut up cubed up some butternut squash hit it with some olive oil salt and pepper and cinnamon put that in the oven to roast them and then yeah made a gravy too yes made the gravy i was i was a little scared about making the gravy we and did it from scratch we didn't follow a recipe yeah it was that just may kinda... have been the issue <laughs> yeah. but thank thank, yeah. thank typically goodness i burn burn like when i cook in the cast iron with oil I end up burning it so the gravy there's no the gravy wouldn't come out any good anyway this is for the beef towel didn't burn so i added a little bit more beef tallow, flour you know just like you would with a gravy and then milk but i put a, just a little bit of milk in and it, it turned this weird consistency i was like oh it no almost, root-
2: it almost looked like oatmeal <laughs> it like, did, yeah like- it was probably the same consistency and like lumpiness too and like i think the two of us like panicked we're
1: like what do we do (laughs) but i just added more milk and it came out came out good salt and pepper really good put that over the country fried merganser i i also uh fried up some deer heart and the tallow before i made the gravy uh just just you know to have because we only had i only had one duck so yeah those those
2: weren't big uh breasts on that merganser no they weren't very big So that's what we had for dinner. It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, it came out really good. That's the second time I've had heart because was that two years ago something like that? You and I went fishing and you sent me home with like a deer heart. I cooked that up myself, not knowing what the heck I was doing and overcooked the living deal out of it. Yeah. So This is actually a lot better. I'll let Corey cook heart.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You can't. You got to do it like rare, medium no, rare. I did not you do it you rare. can't do it well done. Then it, it doesn't turn out very good. I've put it in like a stew, or uh, where you just cook it down until it just falls apart, and then it's just you know that's good that way. Yeah. When you're slicing it up and frying it, you don't want to over overcook it. But of course. This morning, when we're out deer hunting, not knowing that, it, or at least me not knowing that it was 28 yeah. degrees out, <laughs> I, I saw a ton of squirrels this yeah. morning. I think Same here. I could have gotten a limit of squirrels this morning. I, I saw black squirrel and a bunch of gray squirrels. I had a gray squirrel uh, three feet from me. It climbed up the tree I was in <laughs> and sat on a branch and looked at me. I tried to take a picture of it, but... So yeah, that, that seems to always be the case. You're deer hunting, you see squirrels. Squirrel hunting, you see deer. Yeah. But yeah, and this morning we got
2: in there. Like by the time Corey and I got to the stand that Corey said that I was going to be using, it like the light is starting to get light out, and it, like I was like, oh, I wonder if Corey's going to make it to his stand
1: on time. <laughs> yeah, but, it was. It was after shooting legal shooting hours by yeah. the time i got to my stand but it was still we were we were pretty far back in there's yeah. still a lot of leaves on the tree so it, it would not you're you, still hidden pretty pretty good that and i don't think i could have even shot it was it's was still too dark yet you could hear the duck hunters shooting yeah. down on this on the stream but it was too hard, too dark to shoot a bow no deer this morning
2: nope didn't yeah i didn't see any i don't think we even bumped any or did we walk it in?
1: We did walk yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then tonight, you want to. Oh, yeah. I went to the same place
2: that I went Friday morning. Because I sort of had, like, because I saw that buck and that doe, I was interested in going back and potentially seeing if they'd come back through. Um, and just. I don't know, we we talked about this after we were coming home from Squirrel Hunt, and it was, like, sort of it's a bit of a mindset, too. Like, if you have it, like, hey, like, you're confident that something's going to happen or you have a good feeling something's going to happen, Corey was like, yeah, you're probably going to be more alert and actually sit still or wait and stuff like that. And so that sort of um, bolstered my decision to go back there. And so...
1: Yeah, it's definitely... a, a- A mind game like if you have confidence in the spot like yeah i'm gonna see something you're gonna sit still and pay it better attention and you know not move as much and you know whereas if you're not confident in the spot you know you're fidgety you're like wow why am i here at least that's how i am sometimes a lot of the times if i don't if i'm not confident in the spot i'll i get fidgety and antsy and i just want to leave yeah that happened to me Definitely this morning, and
2: also because it was cold. And, yeah. But, uh, and even last night, I was, was getting fidgety because, like, I'm not seeing anything. But, yeah, this evening was, well, oh, yeah, we went squirrel hunting again, before, even before we got out there. Yeah. We but didn't see a squirrel, though. <laughs> didn't, didn't see any squirrels. But um, We weren't out very long, though. No, but I saw more squirrels sitting like i think i got just got into the stand and i texted Corey. i was like i've seen more squirrels than i saw this afternoon
1: you saw a weasel last night too
2: didn't you yeah yeah i did see a weasel like i saw this it was black and it had a long tail i was like that's a weird looking squirrel (laughs) and then like i looked at it even more i'm like that it's got like a long body and it's like sort of like a pointy nose and i for some reason i was like when we got back, I asked Corey, "I'm like, does Pennsylvania have ferrets?" And he was like, "You mean weasels?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I guess so."
1: Yeah, because it looked it looked like a ferret. And yeah, that's a pretty rare sight. I've only I've only seen a couple. All I've been on, I've seen. Sounds like it wasn't a Fisher. We have Fisher around here, and I
2: can't be sure because I don't know what a Fisher looks our, like. Our so. lo-
1: Bigger, it'd be a lot bigger than a weasel Okay And I think they're more brown
2: Yeah, this one was all It looked like a black
1: squirrel Just long body had yeah, that Squirrel that I saw this morning was Jet black It was right, right below me I gotta go look at it it was, <laughs> it was It was a pretty looking squirrel I would have liked to Brought it home
3: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
2: But yeah, this, this evening, like like Corey and I were saying, like, it, it felt a little more confident going in there. And before we even left the house to go out, um, sort of made a plan of what we were going to do, and Corey was like... I'm going to go to a different spot because you wanted to go to someplace where you actually had to stand. Yeah. I didn't, didn't want to go, go back to that ground blind.
1: I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't feel confident on the ground. I, I've i used a compound bow most of my life. I've killed a lot of deer with a compound bow, but I also have a crossbow and I'm not, I know some bow hunters don't like crossbows, but I like to use the crossbow because it opens up my opportunities. It allows me to hunt from the ground and not have to draw back and get busted. Cause so I've tried to hunt on the ground with my compound and you know, it's a lot less forgiving. You got to be perfect, you know, draw back just at the right time, you know, because they're eye level with the end and they can just a lot harder. Yeah. a lot, it's a lot, lot harder more things could go wrong. Yeah. Case. A lot, a lot more things go wrong. So, I got the crossbow to open up, to give me more opportunities to hunt from the ground. I don't like climbing tree stands. I, I, have, I have one that my uncle gave me. It's like a Summit Viper or something like that. That thing's heavy. It's a pain in the butt to get set up. And I, I don't feel comfortable in it. So I wanted to be more mobile and hunt from the ground. And the crossbow allows me to do that. But I didn't... I didn't want to do that again tonight. I wanted to be up <laughs> off the ground. But
2: you get, were also carrying a muzzleloader yeah, and
1: a crossbow. We talked about that in our episode with uh, Tyler France about the dual carry option uh, that Pennsylvania Game Commission is allowing this year. So a uh, properly licensed bow hunter that also has a bear tag can carry both a muzzleloader to shoot bear a muzzleloader to shoot the antlerless deer and a bow to shoot a buck so i i wanted he wanted everything i wanted (laughs) i wanted everything i was being uh pretty uh greedy greedy yeah so i took i took both and i had set up a stand on the edge of this field that i hunted from the ground last year and had always saw deer and so but always made a mistake from the ground always getting you know picked off or something so i set a stand so i could get up off the ground and i saw 20 deer tonight at least and one shooter buck, but nothing, nothing was in range, everything, it's like they knew where I was at, and just kind of made a circle around, they came, they came out the corner of the field, and then just kind of went straight out into the field, they never walked along the edge toward me, so I had an exciting night, I got to I got to see a lot of deer, one small buck, one nice, it looked like a nice, big, tall eight point that I I wouldn't have hesitated to shoot, but I did not (laughs) get a chance, but you had some exciting encounters this, this evening.
2: From being set up around like just probably like 315, 320 or something like that. And just sitting there and like, like we were saying again, like I was a little more confident. So well, maybe not confident, but just had a feeling something might happen because I would already, had already been in that area, seen some stuff. Um, I was thinking that it might it might be best to, like, instead of, like, the other ones where I got fidgety really quick, just sit and do, literally do nothing. Don't try to turn around all that much, and which I still did. but um, It's hard not to. Yeah, it's really hard not to, especially when you know something could be behind, well, Think something could be behind you, but, um, but it only turned out to be squirrels and chipmunks. Um, it's amazing how loud they are. Oh my gosh, they're so loud, and yeah, I didn't know chipmunks could actually vocalize that loud either. Because there was one sitting down in front of me that just kept, I think it was yelling at me. But um, yeah, what it's just started to get dark, and well, I wouldn't say just started to get dark. It was about. 6 probably 6.10 something like that
1: I think today sunset was 6.30 so legal shooting hours ended at 7
2: yeah so it was just like the sun was going down and um I I heard something off to my right and I was like it's probably a squirrel and then I I just just was like I'm gonna check it out and looked and this buck it was coming in and it's again because I was in that same stand that I was in uh Friday morning I sort of knew the distances so it was probably about 20 yards from me and it came within I'd say it was definitely under 15 probably close to 10 yards from me and I haven't I didn't even reach for my bow yet cuz I probably the way that it was coming in it would have seen me if I would have moved that much um But I looked at it and because it was so close, I could see that it it only had two up on one side and only one on the other, not including brow tine. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this is that close, and I can't shoot it because it's not legal. Like,
1: the only deer you can't shoot is the one that gives you
2: the perfect shot. Yeah, and then it actually got better because it walked out into something, an area that was even more clear, right onto that same trail that Corey was talking about earlier that had all the tracks on it. Um, and it stood there and just grazed, looked around for a total of 17 minutes, and I couldn't shoot it. <laughs> But I did end up grabbing my bow at one point because I was like, okay, if things are starting to move, this might not be the uh, only one that comes through. Um, So I grabbed my bow, still really carefully just so I didn't spook that one and it could spook others that might be in the area. Um, Got it and then sat there and watched that deer. I, I actually pulled out my phone and started taking a whole bunch of pictures of it. And then I look through my pictures. I'm like, it's all the same picture. I should have just taken one and called it. But um, it ended up going back the same way that it came in. And then I didn't see anything the rest of the night. I wonder why it just came down and then turned around and went back. It may have caught a whiff of me or something. And then was like, I'm going to get out of here. But like, there were a couple of times where it looked directly at me. And I just froze, stood still. It went back to whatever it was doing.
1: The wind was perfect for me tonight. It was blowing like crossways and blowing into an area that I didn't expect the deer to. I I knew they were going to come out of this one corner. So it was blowing away from that one corner. So it was perfect. So the deer never winded me. And they were still there until it was dark. Like I had to wait until it was too dark for them to see before I got down cuz I didn't want to spook everything and blow that spot up I wanted to to get down when they didn't know I was there but there's just there was just so many eyes I it was, <laughs> I'm not sure if I did spook I didn't hear anything nothing snorted at me when I left yeah but uh for dinner tonight we had venison pastrami sandwiches yeah that was
2: uh, I mean that's probably some of the better pastrami that I've ever had. And oh, like you. I'm not I'm not a big pastrami guy and so I won't necessarily go out of my way to get it. But like I don't know, there's something about that. It it didn't I don't know, it was, it was just maybe it was because I knew that Corey had made it and like put the effort into it that it tasted better. But
1: no, it was it was actually really good. Yeah. I I think I used a version of Hank Shaw's recipe with my own little variations on it but super simple i think i did a dry brine for probably a week to 10 days um, and then coated it with spices i think mustard seed uh, pepper cracked pepper garlic powder put it on the pellet grill smoked it for a couple hours I think it came out pretty good. And I've had issues before where I make make it too salty. I don't think this was no, this wasn't salty. It wasn't. It salty. wasn't. It, there's it. there yeah, it, it had a really good flavor to it. Got some nice freshly baked bread, tomatoes from the garden. Yeah, it was just nice and simple. Yeah. I mean, other than
2: it actually takes a while to make the pastrami, but, but it was yeah. yeah. Well, I
1: I make it huge batches. Yeah, yeah. Like I think I did Three, three venison roasts, ball roasts, and made those in the pastrami and like four or five goose breasts. Did it all in one big batch. That way, you know, slice it up on the meat slicer and vac seal it, throw it in the freezer for occasions like this where you just want to make a couple sandwiches.
2: How long does that stay for like in a freezer? Like, a few months or can you... I don't know. I don't think it lasts
1: long here. Okay. Oh, because, because we go eat through it. Because so yeah. <laughs> the kids eat it. The kids love it. Yeah. As I'm cutting it up, they come come at me like, you know, begging like a dog. You know, I want a little piece. <laughs> I got to <laughs> hand them each a piece. Yeah, that was that was good, simple. Like last night, I was tired from hunting all day. And made that elaborate dinner. And then it was like 9 o'clock by the time we ate. Probably yeah, it was later. 9 o'clock by the time we ate. And then it was close to 10 by the time we got, you know, cleaned up and everything. And yeah. I was going to um, put a chunk of steak. I keep the muscle whole. And cut off what you need. Well, or... and roast it all as one. Gotcha. I was going to do that tonight. But we saw that pastrami, and I was tired. And I, w- I wanted a quick dinner. <laughs> All we had, I had, I made baba ganoush. Yeah, that, that was pretty good.
2: Yeah, I have to get that recipe from you because I have some eggplant at home.
1: Yeah, I. What'd you do? You cut it in half, threw in the pellet grill to roast it, and then it like to, really, yeah. Oh, I have to get mine out and do that. Then you scrape out the. The meat part, garlic, olive oil. You put some of your cayenne peppers in there, right? Oh, yeah. I chopped up a cu- my, one of my cayenne peppers. Huh? Lemon juice? I, don't, I don't think I put lemon juice. Did I put lemon juice? Yes, I did put lemon juice in this one. Yeah, lemon juice. Bubba ganoush calls for the tahini sauce. It's like sesame seed oil. Oh, when you said that earlier, or maybe yesterday, I thought you I thought you said
2: tzatziki. I'm like, well, I, guess, I guess it's like a weird ingredient for baba ghanoush, but
1: whatever. I'm I'm not a chef. I'm not a chef either. Although I make you call me chef. Yes, chef. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last night I was a sous chef. <laughs> but yeah, mix that all together. It's pretty good. Yeah, that, that's all, uh, tasty. Garlic, a couple of cloves of garlic. So my breath is pretty strong right now.
2: Well it is almost Halloween so no vampires will get him that's- I do I did
1: defrost that steak so I'm gonna roast it tomorrow mix in uh, eggs and cheese and potatoes O'Brien I bought a bag Lindsay brought, bought a bag of potatoes O'Brien and just make uh, and we got some tortillas just make a, a breakfast burritos that'll be a good Sunday dinner well that's Breakfast
2: or breakfast? Yeah, sorry, I was
1: thinking before you go. Oh, that'd be a good Sunday dinner too, or breakfast. So yeah, we. I tried to make it. I think I did a good job. Every meal that you had here, had wild game. Yes. Yep. Today for lunch we had pastrami sandwiches and the rest of the squirrel chili. Yep. That was a good hearty lunch. Yeah, especially after being so cold. Cold, Yeah, (laughs) it hit the spot. And that. Coffee that you brought was good what what is that uh invader coffee yeah good it's stuff like, out of Texas s- chocolate with a hint of cinnamon
2: yeah yeah Mexican chocolate so but yeah overall good weekend like I mean for me just the experience of getting out there even though I didn't get anything just getting that experience under my belt because like Corey said at the beginning it's my first time archery hunting and let alone deer hunting. So I mean, rifle would probably have been easier, but I'll start with the harder one. But, yeah, it was it was good. It was really good.
1: So what what are your lessons learned from this weekend? What what are your takeaways? What did you learn? What what would you do again? What wouldn't you do? Um are you gonna up, update your gear or change gear out? Is there something you liked or didn't like?
2: I think one thing that I really, like, learned was that, like, everybody says, like, oh, yeah, wool will keep you warm, even when wet. It's true. It it actually does. And, like, on Friday, all I had was wool on. Like, I didn't, except for my pants, like, everything, okay, and my long underwear. But, like, my my top, so, like, my base layer top, what I had over top of that insulation, that was all wool. I was able to stay warm except when I was standing still, but I don't think anything I would have had on would have kept me warm just because it was cool out. It was wet out. But as soon as I started moving warm and then
1: when we got back, my stuff was pretty much dry. dry yeah. I threw. yeah, through, threw it in the dryer, but I don't think I, I needed to, my stuff definitely needed it.
2: Yeah. But I, I will say that like wool is, I don't think I'll, I'll use anything but wool now. Um,
1: your stuff's from First Light.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I didn't have anything like before. Like Corey was like, "Oh yeah, First Light's good." Because you have some First Light stuff. I, I have a buddy I work, a coworker. He has First Light stuff. It came recommended, so I, I, I,
1: got some stuff, and it. I like it. It's it's good. It's good gear. I still use a jacket that I got in high school, an old, so yeah, cotton jacket. So that doesn't does do, do well do good <laughs> i had a waterproof waterproof fleece or, or water repellent fleece underneath it but yeah
2: Get, it gets heavy and then gets waterlogged and <laughs> yeah. yeah um i don't know some something that i would do different um oh, there's so much stuff going through my head about what i would do different because like in my head before i came out here with Corey. Like, I had, like, oh, yeah, I'll do it this way, this way, this way. Just from, like, reading stuff. And then, like, you get out here and actually try to do it. You're like, oh, it doesn't work that easily. Or, like, I actually have to have done this a few times to understand how to do this thing that I thought that I could do. Um, But, like, definitely, I want something, like, when I'm hiking in, to hold my bow. Because the way that my quiver's on it, like, it makes it want to twist in my hand. And then it's like, I, I kept, I don't know if you noticed where I would always switch it between my left and right hand. And like, if there's something like I had like a bow sling, I'm pretty sure I've seen them. Yeah. But like, I don't know if that's actually something I would need, but like, I think it would make it easier to get in and out and then carry it up a tree stand too. Especially if it's like, with this ladder stand, I just carried it up instead of letting Easy. it down and hauling it up. That was just something that bothered me as I was walking in and out. Like I was like, this is
1: stupid, I don't want to hold this. (laughs) I tried to think of all the little things that like an experienced hunter does or knows that a new hunter wouldn't necessarily know to do even after, you know, reading or whatever. The old meh trick. Yeah. But you did make a noise, so it must have been con- I, concentrating on something else. Well, but.
2: that's actually one thing that maybe in my head it sounded really loud, and maybe because my nerves had already gotten to me and I didn't notice it, I may not have done it as loud as I thought that I did. And he may just never have heard it. That's possible. Um, but one thing that I was thinking about this today, that because being new to hunting, like... I don't have a, a tree stand. I don't have climbing sticks or anything like that. Um, but my coworker, he le- he let me borrow some of his climbing sticks just to, like, try it out. And I actually set up a saddle system with, like, a climbing harness that I had. Um, and so, like, I would, I'll go up in my trees and, like, my yard just to try it out. And I was like, oh, man... I, this is sort of easy i got sort of good at doing it the one thing that like i never really thought about until we went out is like how convenient it is to have stuff already set up and scouted out and like i was like man like if i had to come out here find the, that tree and get up into it while being quiet i don't i wouldn't have done it i would have I would have bumped all the deer, spooked them, and they would have, like, I would not have seen the, the three deer that I saw, well, four if that other one that I spooked. Um, but, yeah, like, that makes it so nice, not having
1: to set that up every time you go out yeah. or take it down at night. Yeah, I love, I love the ladder stands, because you can just walk there, climb up, and sit down. I, I That's why I hate climbers, because they're heavy and loud and annoying, and... Yeah.
2: But like, I, I at home, I would sit, I get up in a tree in my front yard with my buddy's climbing sticks, my saddle, and I would just sort of hang up there with my bow and shoot into my backyard. So I actually got sort of comfortable doing that, um, and then like turning around so that like my back's to the tree, having the rope up over my shoulder to hold me, sort of so I could lean out and. Um, and like, that's all fine and dandy in your yard where it's a very controlled thing. But again, like getting out to where like all oh, the branches aren't perfectly cut or like even just climbing up there and trying to be quiet. Cause like, oh, I yeah. thought
1: I was being quiet in my front yard. Yeah.
2: I probably wasn't.
1: <laughs> yeah. the It's just magnified. Once you're out in the woods, you don't realize how noisy you can be. Yeah. And then, especially when you're paying attention to it and the woods are dead silent and like oh. every little twig snapping is like a, you know, bomb going off.
2: Yeah. I mean, even today, I was sitting there and like the wind finally died out and it was dead quiet. The chipmunks and squirrels stopped. I forget what I did, but like I think I caught my like the pull tab on my glove on like my pants. And it sounded like it was an echo chamber. I was like, that seems super loud. Like it, 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 yeah, you, you really don't know how loud you are until everything else is quiet. And then you realize like, if you can hear it, something else can hear it too.
1: So good experience first time.
2: Yeah. And I'm really thankful that I had somebody to, sort of not sort of but show me how to do this stuff because prior to this I had only really done uh, bird hunting pheasant um, and uh, duck and the duck was by no means like an organized duck hunt I basically just went out with a um, shotgun when I was younger and like would just go around and see if I could shoot ducks um
1: did you ever get any
2: no never (laughs) um my grandfather did though he was actually a pretty good duck hunter um but yeah i never did and then like pheasant hunting was just i would i'd go out with like a a buddy in in college and go pheasant hunting um and like we'd go with like his dad and some of his dad's friends and, and they had dogs so like hunting over dogs like it made it really easy but like Deer hunting was something that my dad did, but he stopped when I was born. So, like, I never got introduced really to it until I got older. Like, now being 34, it's sort of intimidating when, like, a a lot of people you've talked to that are hunting and have been hunting for like years since they were kids and like their dad showed them. But it's like, it's intimidating because you're like me, I'm in my 30s. I'm like, I can do this. Like, this shouldn't and then you like think about it, you're like I have no idea like what I'm doing like uh, and like going to school and like you think like oh yeah I got I got experience I got like I know how to do things and like this is the a whole area where like if I even try to um, think of how to what I'm doing or what comes next it's literally drawing a blank in my head because I just don't know I don't have that experience and that's sort of a being an adult, I think that's a like thing that can deter a lot of people from even just trying it even if they want to but having someone like Corey who's willing to take a newbie into the woods and show him what to do like even before it was even before I got my bow, Corey. Was patient with me like me asking dumb questions about like bows and 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 because bows were completely new to me because i grew up shooting even though like i didn't hunt i shot a lot um and i understand rifles pistols shotguns but when it came to bows i was like lost with that too but Corey was really helpful in that and i think having someone that can sort of mentor you doesn't matter your age is extremely valuable and I think the right person, too. Because, like, you could have somebody mentor you who just has no patience at all. But probably having a mentor is
1: better than none at all. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. Maybe if it's if not the right mentor, they could put the person off from hunting, potentially. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, and even though I didn't get anything, I it actually makes me want to get out more. Good. Yeah. I'm and actually sort of bummed that I don't have any meat to take home. Do yeah, like, well, a, a, I was going to
1: give you... Uh oh, you don't have to do that. But. I was gonna give you a, a couple things. i I have. I have a bunch of packages of pastrami left. I'll give you a package Ooh, of that. heck and, yeah! Uh, we made uh, Hank Shaw's. What was it? A coconut pheasant curry. So I'll give you some of that. Oh, that'd be
2: awesome, man! But yeah, like I was actually excited to like try some of like um, harvesting nature's recipes um mediator recipes cuz i i i got a mediator cookbook for christmas and like i was, like really wanted to try some of that stuff and i've tried making it with like stuff from the store but it's like eh, i feel weird not using wild game for it um i was like, really excited but like i still got opportunities
1: to b has the unit that you hunt in yeah. or that you are where you live um has extended seasons, so I think you could have hunted deer. September nineteenth, yeah. was opening. Um,
2: I could have gone out. It was really hot, <laughs> and I honestly wasn't ready. <laughs> you can hear, so. <laughs> hear Penny in the microphone. <laughs> and oh, yes, <laughs> I, yeah, Corey's dog just jumped up on my lap and was like right in my face. Um, but uh, yeah, I. I could have gotten out really early, um, which would have been would
1: have been cool. But I, I don't think I was ready because I didn't really have anybody to show me. We had talked about doing another hunt like this in November, so we'll see. Hopefully, we can do that. I might get some, maybe a warmer jacket,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or something, something that, or, or even pants, because like even this morning was cold, and that taught, cold. that really taught me something. Moving is completely different than. Sitting still, because, like, skiing, uh, I'm fine when I'm skiing. I could wear set-along johns, a shell pant, no other insulation, a fleece, and my shell jacket, and be completely fine skiing in, like, I've done that in, like, sub-freezing weather and been
1: fine. Can't do that just sitting still. Yeah. Yeah, It gets cold pretty quick. Yeah. Is Is there... Anything else? Last thought. You know, I think the real, the biggest thing, that I,
2: I touched on it, was having someone like Corey to show me. I'm super thankful for
1: that. I'm yeah. um, I'm happy you made it up. It was a lot of fun, and it having knowing that you were coming up gave me uh, more excuses and opportunities to get out in the woods to scout and to prep and to set stands. And to check new areas, and a whole host of things that, if it was just me, other obligations would have gotten the way. Obligations or responsibilities, however you want to word that. Well, thanks for coming up. I hope. Yeah, thanks for having me. I hope uh, hope we can do this again soon and to everybody listening make sure you are subscribed to the podcast give us a review tell us what we're doing right tell us what we're doing wrong and as always follow us on our various social media accounts we'll uh, we'll talk to you later